This week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, helping podcasters get their shows off the ground and running at a low, low cost. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today to get started. Hit up the contact us section, fill out your information, and your show could be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast platforms in no time. It's professional-sounding podcast production done the right way at a low rate without you ever having to think about any of the production stuff you don't have to learn how to edit you don't have to learn how to get your show wherever you need it to get to all you have to do is sign up with pretty easy podcasts worry about the content worry about being creative and doing your show your way go to prettyeasypodcast.com. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of July 21st, 2019. This is the road to 2020. And this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Bryant. Hurricane season is here. And a cloud is forming. In the skies. Over the road to season number one in the XFL. With big announcements imminent... This is episode 78, the calm before the storm. And we are 29 weeks from kickoff 2020, (laughs) and we are here ready to talk about a week where I I kind of had the, the, the hairs on my arm standing up because at any moment's notice, I felt like an announcement could be breaking on social media or somewhere. And I feel like we're in this waiting period, and I'm kind of on my toes the entire time. We did not get the big announcements everybody's waiting for when it comes to team names or player signings, but it was a fun week nonetheless, Brian. Oh, always a fun week in the road to 2020. Uh, Plenty of discussion going out there. Fans are engaged all over the place whether it be team names you know rules uh, schedules as we talked about last week uh it, it's it's still you're right it's calm it's not calm calm but it, it, you can see the water moving a little <laughs> bit but it's definitely the calm before the storm my favorite part of the week was i watched all it's talking season in college football so i watched <laughs> acc media days sec media days and really jake this is this is not even a lie you th- there was someone asking an an XFL related questions to the players that were at these media conferences, uh, getting ready for their, you know, final college football season for a lot of these guys, the XFL is is on the tips of the tongues of everybody in the football world. I don't blame them. Those are very valid questions to ask, you know, leaving, leaving college. We got a a CBA, uh, that's, that's going to be up here shortly so yeah these are all again valid questions what are people gonna everybody wants to know you know what you're gonna do when you when you graduate from college you know parents grandmas aunts and uncles media members yeah i feel like as someone who was wanting always wanted to get into radio what these these 
football players have is kind of what I had coming out of college. I want to get into radio, but then I get out of college and podcasting's this big thing. It's like a whole nother world. They've got a whole nother football world they could step into if they're not going to make the NFL or think about the NFL. And a lot of them were being asked that question this week at the media days. Even Steve Spurrier, who was a guest of honor at the SEC media days, floated it out there that Bryant, uh, he's ready, willing, and able should the XFL come calling to the old ball coach. Uh, there's one thing that Steve Spurrier does during SEC media is stir things up a bit when he's out there. And I think uh, he 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 loves to, to to get his name out there when he can. Would the XFL want him? Uh, maybe not for yes. season one. Well, not well. <laughs> but, it's uh, already the too XFL late. Would definitely want. Yeah, it's already too yeah, late. The XFL, the XFL come a calling. I, I think uh, coach. Uh, is definitely going to be answering that phone call. And credit to our good friend of the show, Clint Domain from uh, 103.7 The Game in Louisiana, who I heard asking that question to the old ball coach at SEC Media Days. It was just fun watching all these. I've been watching Media Days forever now, but now I was you know intently listening for someone asking about the XFL, and uh, it, it did come up at um, most of the uh, Media Days for the Power 5 conferences. So it was a fun week in that regard. And also fun week, of course, as always, on social media, at XFL Shows, where you can reach us, respond to anything we talk about on the show, and uh, you know, let your feelings be known to us and the league as well. And Bryant, last week you defended yourself, you defended the honor of your mock schedule, and you got some, some good responses. And I feel like you got a lot of respect for the defense you gave your schedule. Well, I, I, it was 50-50. Uh, I think people understood my reasoning behind Los Angeles a little bit more. That you know, me being from the West Coast, I was able to defend uh, the scheduling uh, aspects of the LA team. Uh, I still am getting a lot of flack for putting this cold weather game in New York uh, the first week of the season. I, I guess I don't really understand that. Yeah, we. I mean, we got into that last week. I kind of was with you on that, but the, I guess we are in the minority in that. I feel like mo- most people want the neutral weather or warm weather places to be in week one. We'll see how it turns out. I am super fascinated with how the schedule is going to be uh, formulated, especially for week one. And I am more interested in that than team names personally. But of course, Jake fans are clamoring for team names more than anything. Actually, the league's been putting out some cool features on individual players who are at the different summer showcases. And even still, (laughs) You got you got these inspiring stories about players, and I scroll into the comments, Jake, and still all anyone says is, "Yeah, that's nice." But what about team names? And they yeah, want them, it, and they want them before NFL training camps open. I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, that is not very far off, and uh, I I don't want to burst anyone's bubble, but I don't think we're going to get them. Although it, it would be a way, you know, to uh, to you know grab the attention, perhaps take some of the spotlight away from the NFL. But I, I don't I don't think they're going to release them before training camp. And, and before training camp's break, I think that is likely. We'll see. Uh, but we have a very special uh, team name, well, team-related team uh, thing. We're not going to talk names today, but Jake's got something special up his sleeve coming up. I've got something special kind of to recap all the summer showcases we've been through. I mean, the league, a doozy of a summer already for the XFL. Just think about all the awesome people that are grinding day in, day out to get this league started, who were going all over the country, Bryant, to get these summer showcases uh, put together and, you know, put off without a hitch. And they've got the spring league coming up, a big round of testing we're going to talk about. I mean, credit credit to everybody working in the league because – 
uh, they're busting their butts on the road to 2020. A lot of travel. Yeah, I believe we saw in St. Louis, uh, Pep Hamilton was there. Uh, I know personally that uh, uh, Coach Moss was in Tampa. So so these coaches are traveling. Uh, people are traveling. You know, the presidents, I'm sure, are doing their things around the city as well. Uh, everybody's putting in the mileage, right? They're, oh, they're, yes. they're putting on those miles on the credit card, and they're uh, they're, they're moving around. They got to. It, it's it's a it's a necessity for the launch of this league for it to be success. You can't just stay put. You got to keep moving in many many directions. And, and when you're rolling up and down the road, spreading the word about the league, uh, putting the league together this way, as they say, Jake, it's not miles per gallon that matter. It's smiles per gallon. And that's what it's all about right now. The grind continues as summer showcases are over. And like we said, calm before the storm, because coming up next, huge announcements for player signings, which have not officially happened yet or been announced. And of course, team names and team identities and so much more from the league. But we do have the spring league coming up in just about a week. And we're going to get some serious, serious concept testing and kind of a dress rehearsal that we're going to talk about in a bit. Football fans, it is I, Bryant. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you for joining us on this road to 2020. In what normally is a slow-paced summer and a long wait for training camp, the XFL has fulfilled the football emptiness that we all feel this time of year. And, well, this is the XFL shows helping you out as well on Patreon. With weekly bonus content and conversations about the XFL, This Is The XFL Show leaves no stone unturned in its coverage of the XFL. Listen to episodes up to a week before the general public and catch our monthly Patreon-exclusive bonus episodes where we go in-depth into a subject surrounding the XFL. Still need more? Well, we got you covered with our weekly This Is Not The XFL Show. Every week, we talk all things not XFL in the world of football, and with college football set to kick off in just a few months, come check out our Top 25 preview as Alan and Vince give their preseason Top 25. Also, coming up later this summer is our NFL Fantasy Football Special, where we will discuss some of the biggest questions surrounding all your fantasy football needs. And, if you can believe it, Jake will take part in fantasy football this season for the first time in his life. Don't wait anymore. If you haven't already, go to patreon.com forward slash this is the XFL show and check it out. There is also plenty of free content there, so you have really no reason not to check it out. Patreon.com forward slash this is the XFL show and get a first class seat on the fast track to XFL 2020. But without further ado, guys, I think it's about time we get into the special features this week that Jake put together, that I put together in this week's Cover 2. Going for two. Go for two and believe. This is Big Moss, Coach Moss, XFL LA. I'm here in Minneapolis, and we are getting ready to board a flight to Frankfurt, Germany. I'm here with my son, Robert Moss, and we're taking this flight out to Germany to learn some history about the German culture. With that being said, I'm going to turn it over to my main man and see what he has to say. Ich spreche schon ein bisschen Deutsch. I don't know about that. I think he said that he wants to buy some Lederhosen. Hmm. With that being said, I'll shout out to you later. Peace out. Just Winston, <laughs> baby. 
Winston Moss, XFL LA coach, heading out to the Deutschland. I don't know if he's on a vacation, scouting or what. But oh, you you know what he's doing. He's not fooling anybody. LA there, there's stands for excellence. <laughs> there is some German lineman out there that he's you know he's going to snoop around with. Oh, that was the coolest thing of the week for sure. XFL LA represented on social media by their head coach. Uh, Winston Moss there, and the team. The teams are slowly but surely establishing identities. And I, I mean, I feel like we do show some bias, Bryant, but I think it's safe to say no team has more personality right now than XFL LA because their personality is their head coach. And look at him. No, no team has had a team president speak Spanish and a coach speak German. Uh, leading up to, to XFL 2020, we are uh, on fire. The XFLA team uh, is well suited to repeat. I don't even know if we can say repeat, but they're going to be yeah. uh, holding whatever trophy that whatever whatever that trophy looks like come uh, February. Uh, I'm sorry, April 2020. I'm calling I'm calling it a repeat come April for sure. Uh, but yeah, the XFLA team still, even though they have Winston Moss representing them from here all the way to Frankfurt. Uh, they don't have a team name. They don't have colors. They don't have an identity exactly, except that they are the Los Angeles team. Same goes for the other seven XFL teams. So what I tasked Jake this week with was, Jake, you are the one who is most interested in, in the team identities of all of us. You want to know the names, but I'm sure you're more interested in the fashion. Jake is kind of a fashionista uh, in his spare time, and he's into colors and the wardrobe of these football teams and what they're going to look like on the field when it comes to the jerseys and all and the logos that are out there. So I asked Jake, Jake, then give us your eight ideal XFL color schemes and, and, and pitch them to us. So Jake, if you're ready, we'd love to hear what you've come up with. Yeah, this was a real fun assignment to me ever since you pitched it to me. And uh, I have all eight teams. Now, some of these color schemes, they've been in my mind since day one, since the teams were announced. And, you know, I did a little research. Um, I'm not saying I went back to, you know, the day that each of these cities was founded and, and, you know, read an entire encyclopedia about them. But I think there's going to be a pattern, you know, evolving that you guys are going to be seeing uh, once we get to these colors. Oh, I'm excited to see the pattern. The thing, also, uh, the thing is, Jake, I'm colorblind, so I'm interested to hear not just what the colors are, well, but the reasons behind. <laughs> if I told you they were all going to be gray and white, you'd probably believe me. <laughs> That's all I'll see. <laughs> Jake, are, now are we doing a three color scheme here, a two color scheme? And I want, to, I just want to put this out there, everybody, for everybody's listening. I know Jake had to go through this assignment. In no way is this going to affect his fantasy football draft coming up for the NFL this season. So don't worry about that. This is separate. Yeah. Uh, but are we doing the three color scheme, Jake? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, fantasy football is, you know, that's the last thing on my mind right now. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I, I'm not getting, trust me, I could have got real nerdy here, but you know, I'm not going to tell you exactly what the home, the road, and a third jersey, if that exists, <laughs> is. Um, yeah, some, <laughs> some colors I only have two listed, you know, perhaps it'll be an accent color, but uh, in my mind, I just can't envision it right now. I'm excited okay. for well, 50 years from now, whenever the LA team wears the LA Extreme throwback jerseys from 2001. 
that's going to be really cool. <laughs> but until well, then, Jake, I have the color wheel out here up yeah. here now. So I'm just I'm just making sure your colors, your contrasts, all. Oh yeah, yeah. All, I, I can't remember what what all the complementary colors are, and you know that's. <laughs> See, Jake, you got me. I'm not gonna. I have no idea what any of that means. I'm just gonna nod my head <laughs> and ask you why. So, without further ado, give us your color schemes for each team. All right, yeah, this is in no particular order here. You're going to see um, a lot of what I did was blending in with the identity of some of the sports teams in the markets already. So you're a fan of the continuity of every team in the in the market looking the same? Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, personally, that's, you know, that's what I've experienced for uh, for my lifetime. As a fan of so, Pittsburgh sports teams. Uh, yes, yes. Um, this Brian, as I mean, an outsider, real quick, do you feel like that's a common thing? Because I feel like Pittsburgh's rare in that all the teams are black and gold. Uh, I mean, the Kings out here had that gold and purple for a while when the Lakers were here, but then they switched to a black and gray yeah. like the Raiders. <sighs> then they went into their own color scheme. Uh, I, I mean, guess I it's... I don't think it's. I, I I'll actually agree with you, Alan. Where it's more rare that all of the you know all of the professional sports team have have a similar. Yeah, it should be a more common thing. I'm with you, but I don't think it is a, something that you see very often. I mean, in towns like Philly, you've got teams that are orange, teams that are red, white, and blue, teams that are green. <laughs> got, Seattle's the yeah. only other team that might be close. Where? Because I think well, the, Mar- the Mariners and I think the Seahawks have that similar uh, blue. Yeah, I guess. Well, but the Sounders now, are pretty yeah. prominent, but they're not in the same category as them color wise. And then if if you still count the Supersonics, nowhere near it. Those those colors. No. Well, let me start it right off the top here, just so we get into it. Uh, like I said, in no particular order, I'm going to start with Dallas. And uh, one team had to be red, white, and blue. Perhaps it's not who you think it's going wow. to be because of team location. So I'm saying uh, Dallas is going to be red, white, and blue. Or, originally, I was just thinking blue and white, but you know, think of who the coach is. You got to have a little bit of red. You got to have you know, red if you got Bob Stoops as the head coach. Yeah. So, so I'm going red, white, and blue. And that that fits in with the Texas Rangers, in which is the ballpark they play in. So that makes sense to me. Are they playing in that ballpark? I thought we discussed this. Yes, they're playing in the Rangers. <laughs> yes, they the Rangers. Well, they're playing in the good. old Rangers ballpark. That's not the old Rangers ballpark. That's not old yet because they're still playing in it right now. Yeah, it'll be vacated <laughs> this okay. season. Yeah, so so that's what I got with Dallas: red, red, white, and blue. And anything else before I proceed? Well, I'm just glad you didn't go silver and blue because. You don't want them looking like that, that's too right. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to make it the the exact same of the um of the you know the professional I, football teams. I have no objections until we get to DC. So uh, <laughs> at least with the red, white, and blue I, I for, right, for right now. Okay, that's why I'm, that's why I'm, I'm giving you the chance. Unlike uh, you guys last week who chastised me about my schedule, I'm going to give you a chance, Jake. So go ahead. Okay, uh, next we got Houston in here. This this was difficult. Um, I, I went back and forth between Houston and another team of who was going to get to wear this color. I settled on Houston. Um, I'm going to make them look like the Dynamo and go orange and white. Perhaps Oliver Luck has a little stroke here. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to go orange and white, something like the Dynamo. I thought about oiler colors, but I think that's going to be too close to uh, 
you know, Oiler colors were basically red, white, and blue, just, you know, a different shade of blue. So I stayed away from that. So I'm going to make them look like the Dynamo. I like it. The Texans. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Texans are red. I mean, that's that's kind of how I imagine Dallas. So, yeah, the, okay. so Dallas looks more like the Houston Texans, but then the Houston XFL team is going to look more like the Houston soccer team that James Harden just bought a piece of. I like now it. How prominent is this orange? Like Tennessee orange or Oklahoma State it, orange? It's going to be more Burnt. Tennessee than Cincinnati. Oh, a, lighter, a lighter orange. Well, isn't that like how the Dynamo, like I, at least that's what kind of what I thought it was, like a power coat orange maybe, yeah. I don't like Houston being the orange team. I'm down for an orange team, but I don't know. I think New York should have been the orange team, but go ahead. Oh, uh, see, I, I had another orange team that, that lost out, but uh, I'm going to move on to Seattle right now. This was, you know, directly in my mind ever since I heard this. Um, I'm going to go with Forest Green. Alan, I know you don't know what that looks like, but Brian, you know, Brian, it's a it's a darker shade of green. That's like Gray. trees. Yeah, a dark green, grays, and perhaps a little yellow or gold accent in there. And yeah. my inspiration was okay, Sasquatch. I, <laughs> my my inspiration was the Portland Timbers. I was going to say the Timber playing in Seattle. So so that's what I see, and I think there is a little bit of continuity with uh, with the Seahawks. You know, they're going to be playing in the same place. Well, that stadium I feel like has a very prominent like green tint to it, at least trim. Well, the, the grass is green, Brian. So, uh. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't, I can't bash that one. That one's pretty good. Is Even there the a distinct difference between emerald green and forest green? Oh yeah, emerald is like the Emerald City. Is it, so? Isn't that what the Seahawks have? Is emerald green? <clears throat> no, I would call unless that's what it's called. I it would is. Think I think it is emerald. called emerald green. Is it really? A colorblind it guy just owns you. See, I would think of emerald green almost more, kind of more like Slimer. <laughs> yeah, that's about the same color as, as, I mean, I'm colorblind, but that Slimer looks a lot like what's on a Seahawks jersey. I like that yeah. you made it a different green from that, and it still is fitting for the city in Seattle because there are forests there. Yes. Because you know what? You know one who lives the, in the Seattle, forest. one of the rare cities that has trees. You know, you know who lives in the forest. He's rumored to live there. Sasquatch. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not getting team names. So, so that's what I got for, for Seattle. I just colors. would like to put it out there that according to Jake's color scheme, uh, the Seattle Sasquatches still fit right into uh, what you've proposed there, Jake. Still still alive, Yes, I, I guess. Long All right, we're Sasquatch. Going, we're going to go to L.A., the team of you two. I love it. Good job. Uh, Good job, Jake. <laughs> I'm going to play, and, and this is something I did with all of them. I, I'm, I'm playing it safe for the most part, and remember, there's a reason a lot of people play it safe and succeed. Different is only different. It's not necessarily good. So for LA, I, I still think they're going to be called the extreme, and I'm going to have their jerseys almost identical. You know, maybe a little, a little cooler looking for, uh, for the year 2020. But I'm going dark blue, white, and a gold trim. Very close to what I had in the past. Do you guys have any objection to that? Yes, I want them to be purple and gold. Quite frankly, I, I think we need to we well, need, see that we, we need to reestablish purple, LA. Purple doesn't look great. Mm. We need to reestablish LA as a purple and gold city. 
That's what that's what LeBron's here to well, do. We don't really need the Galaxy. Kind of adopted the extremes color scheme. They did in some ways, or I don't know if they adopted it because I think the Galaxy were around first. But either way, yeah. it was about the same color scheme. Uh, um, quick question from the colorblind guy again: uh, Is the Rams' newer dark blue uh, the same as that Galaxy no. Extreme Blue? No, the Rams' blue is a little bit of a lighter blue. Even the new uh, one? Not as light as the Dodger blue. Yeah, correct. Uh, okay. It's not that dark. The Dodger blue is probably even lighter than that. Uh, the Clippers have blue. The only team here that doesn't have blue are the Lakers and the Sparks. Oh, I guess it is a blue. City. Oh, and the Kings. And the the Kings, Kings are now black yeah, and silver. I like black and silver. I, I know it's associated with, I, with the Raiders, but it just I, looks cool. I thought about something similar to the Vegas Golden Knights here. And and that gold color I was thinking because of Hollywood. But That's uh, good. I like that. you know, if if they were playing in out where LAFC does, I would have went for that. But because they're not, I'm going to stick to a pretty uh, traditional uniform for them. A side note, uh, one of my good friends told me that the LAFC stadium cannot hold a football field. Back to that. It's not big enough or it's just not uh, Yeah, they 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 purposely made it to where it couldn't hold a football field. Continue. Side note, in 15 minutes, as of the live recording, I will be having LAFC and the LA Galaxy on one of the iPads while we're talking, just so you guys know. <laughs> Big rivalry game. It is. Goes right, a lot let's, go to, let's go to New York City. This was actually the one that I completed last because I I had the most difficult time trying to, uh, trying to figure out this one. I'm, I'm not 100% happy with it. But I didn't want to make it too similar. You know, I didn't want to just remake the New York Giants is, is what I wanted to do. So I'm going with black, blue, and white. And one of those, I, I see them I see them wearing black at home just because, you know, in case however the weather is, is in February. See, I, I won best dressed in high school, Jake, and I only had one rule when it came <laughs> to putting outfits together every day. And that was Make black. It look like your cabana wear. Yeah, but it was also black. Never goes with blue. That that doesn't work. Well, that that's why I understand that. But you've got the white in there to separate. You don't have black and blue directly beside each other. You, you've got white in there to, to break it off. Well, I would have gone black and orange like a New York license plate. But okay. And also another side note. I guess Bryant would attest. I won best dress because I wore American flag pants every day to school. Well, those usually are a those usually are a big hit anytime you wear them, and I'm with you, Brian. Do you, do you got anything to say about this? I mean, black and orange. I don't know. That seems like Syracuse. You know, Syracuse got a team. I, that's probably what I would have went with. Yeah, Alan, did you? I don't think you won best dress. I'm just putting that out there. But black, black is going to look great in that snow blizzards that they're going to be playing with in every uh, single week. It sounds okay. like, but uh, black and blue. You're never supposed to wear. I guess you can wear black shoes with with blue jeans now as long as you're wearing a black well, you're, belt you're, um, that's that's above my pay grade you'll have to ask somebody else uh, uh I, I i'll get behind it i think black's a little safe uh i would have preferred like a, a good solid red for the big apple yeah um, I, I don't really have much like a, dominance. Like, a, like a caramel like a what do you like a candy red yeah yeah, They'll red makes sense helmets, for the Big Apple. Like those giant jerseys they flirted with. Whatever colors the Empire State Building can illuminate is what you're going to really centralize your team colors on. Pretty so. sure that's all the colors. Did you I, give I us Tampa Bay yet? I did not. Tampa Bay is next. Uh, so, you know, full disclosure, orange was between Tampa Bay 
and Houston. I didn't want to have two orange teams in such a small league. But if I was going orange, I was going to go that, you know, that Sherbert orange kind of, you know, whenever the the Bucks were the yucks. But I sided against this. This is a big departure. I'm going blue and yellow in this. I, I'm thinking a, a beach vibe kind of. Like baby so, blue? No, just like a, a royal blue, I guess. Blue and royal yellow. Blue and yellow. Like, um, I'm trying to think Like the Pit Panthers. Uh, well, that, that's not – well, the the new old jerseys, yes, kind of that color. Like the Chargers. The old – The old new old Chargers. Chargers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that, that blue that you get in, you know, every box of – You know, whenever there were only eight crayons in a box, that blue. Not a fan. The blue. I don't like Indigo. It. I don't like it. I don't like that. I think. Would you prefer that I went back with the orange? Pirates were black and red. It's going to be a pirate theme in Tampa Bay. Pirates were black. I and see red. this one. I wanted to stray away from the box. I don't. I think that's where you have to embrace it. Some cities have colors, Jake. I think, and it's it's hot down there. I think but yeah, Tampa Bay Lightning are white and blue. Yeah, but they don't play in a stadium with a pirate ship, Bryant. I, brown? I, I say if if you're for the pirate ship itself, if you're a good enough pirate, you can pull. What about brown? Yeah, brown and black for the cannons and the ship. And a brown must <laughs> be out there in brown pants. <laughs> well, I th- I have to say of your color schemes, my favorite have to be Seattle and Dallas, Jake. But you're you have DC uh, left. Okay, all right. I I've got I've got two more. Oh, the St. next Louis. is St. Louis. I think this is predictable, and you you all are gonna. Uh, agree with me. So I did not want to go with this for LA for the reason that I'm going purple and gold for St. Louis for the you know the St. Louis Stallions, the team that the team that could have been. Yeah, it's that's makes sense. So and now, may- do you associate purple with stallions? Well, that's what the original well, that's what mock-up the jerseys were be. supposed to be in the NFL back in the nineties. Those stallion jerseys for Salt Lake in the AAF though look really nice. What if like white? Blue ones, it, they look majestic. It, it, it baby good. blue is used too much in professional sports now. What if they're called the purples, and then you've got the St. Louis Blues and the St. Louis Purples? Uh, it just doesn't roll um, off the tongue as good. Yeah, I, don't I think the blues is not really an indicator of color, too. By the way, oh, they're named after well. the music. Yeah, you're right. You know, every so, how, genres of music need more team names. Jazz and blues are the only ones getting. Li- what about the Rocks? I'd, I'd be so down for a team that's called the Rocks. The That'd Tampa Bay Thrash. <laughs> yeah. Steel Panther <laughs> playing the national anthem to open the season. The LA Synths. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Richmond Reggae. <laughs> I don't know if Richmond's the right town for the reggae. I'm just going with alliteration. He's alliteration. <laughs> on to DC. Oh, on to DC. They're playing in Audi Field. Guess who else is playing in Audi Field? DC United. I'm straight up copying that scheme: black, red, and white. I didn't go red, white, and blue I like for, that. for this team. So I'm going black, red, and white. That's the list. Uh, as long as black's not one of the primary jerseys, I would go behind the red and white. I don't. I just don't like black as a jersey. I don't even like when the Raiders wear it. They look so much better in the silvers and the whites. 
they wear silver jerseys? I guess they only wear white or black. They though. used to wear not anymore. I don't think they wear silver jerseys. They're just just black and white. Um, I yeah, I can get behind that one. That uh, no criticism on Houston now because of the scheme you picked for Washington. I'm gonna say Jake. I I'm like, sorry Dallas. I like I like uh, DC. Mm-hmm. I like yep. I like, like uh, Seattle. Seattle yeah. the most. I like Dallas. I could. I don't know some all the other it, ones. It I don't sounds know. like you don't like Tampa, and most of the other ones you're okay with. I don't like Tampa. No, um, Houston yeah. is. I don't know. Well, what, okay. what are celestial colors? You want you want stars. You want space. I don't know white and blue. I, I, the space yellow, is white. Stars, black, black and white. Yeah, it's you tough. Pick, you really didn't pick a yellow anywhere, did you? You really picked just, just with, well with Tampa, Tampa. Bay. Ye- yellow would be a bigger color, and then I have a little yellow and gold in Seattle and LA. But uh, Tampa is the only one that's primarily yellow. I mean, I think I went through the. Yeah, I was doing my Roy G. Bibbs, uh, and I, I think I hit everything. Well, there's Jake's color schemes, everybody. He has mapped out what the jerseys would look like. Kind of, at least. And uh, you could put the team names now to his color schemes and let us know uh, what you come up with at XFL Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Let us know. And uh, great Jake out on his color schemes. I think I, I approve of three of the eight, and that's how combative this process is. And as we always say when we talk about stuff like this, that they're arguing at league offices with the XFL, coming up with what they come up with is it's – it's such a tough job. Ultimately, you know, I guess is th- this is going to come down to Vince McMahon's decision, Bryant, and he's the one that approves w- what each team is going to look like. I don't know how that's going, how that process is going, and who behind the scenes is exactly uh, going through through it all. But you got to imagine this this the process they're going through with the team identities is just so difficult. Probably more difficult than the football on the field stuff that's being assessed. Well, it's the one thing that's really going to, you know, follow you every single day of the season. And team rule, I mean, uh, player, uh, play rules were going to be on the weekends. Uh, really, not anything you do is really going to affect you so much as team names, especially with this anticipation with all the fans uh, and especially with uh, with uh, social media being such a full of naysayers, really, to be honest. So uh, a lot of stress, yeah. I'm sure, has gone into this. But uh, do you really... <sighs> I don't know. I'm glad I'm not making the decision. Jake, do you think team names will also kind of mean colors? So let's say they don't go pirate in Tampa. Can you go with a different color? Or do you just, no matter what, you're going with these colors? No, I think there is going to be a degree that is connected to them. If they're called like the Houston yeah, Comets, you got to be like that color, right? I guess that makes sense. You can't yeah, be I the mean, Seattle I- Sasquatches without a little bit of green. Yeah, I, I think they, they are tied together. Now, are those colors tied to, like, um, you know, trademarks as well? You could, I think or... you could color, you could trademark color schemes to a, t- to an identity, a team name or a, a brand for sure. Cause, yeah, you've got, you got to imagine, like, the Raiders, as we've been talking about, have black and silver trademarked when it comes to their brand, right? Well, does that mean that the Minnesota Vikings would take issue with St. Louis's purple and gold? 
Only maybe if they were called like the St. Louis Vikings or Norsemen or something. I don't know why they would be called that. <laughs> the St. Louis experience. Yeah, I don't think you could. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you could trademark it in that regard. But um, maybe we'll have to get Josh Gerben, the trademark lawyer, back on the show to talk about colors. But that was super fun and good job, Jake. We we were hoping for you to come up with some interesting color schemes. You did the team identities as everybody waits, we get to continue to speculate. So that's part of the fun. And while everybody's waiting for the team names and saying, what are the team names? When are they coming? Ah, remember when the team names are here, you don't get to speculate and have this kind of fun anymore. You don't get to throw out names like Sasquatches or Richmond reggae. Uh, once the team names are here, they're here. And like Brian said, most people I'm sure are waiting to, for them to hit so they could go on social media and say something mean about them. Probably. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I have a feeling that's what people are wanting to do or going to be inclined to do because I don't know if you can come up with the perfect team name in 2020. Every team in pro sports has, has the perfect name for their team by now. Don't they, Brian? It's a catch-22. Yeah, the, the limitations at this point uh, really kind of you're at the mercy of. So although you'd want your teams to be called the St. Louis Stallions, they may be just not possible. And well, that, I that's mean, just the facts. The Tampa Bay Bandits just might not be possible. I think we've seen that it, you know you can still come up with the perfect team name, uh, citing the Memphis Express. Yeah, except for the Memphis Expresses. It's always their one, uh, which – yeah, you're right, Jake. It's it's that's that was one of eight though. The rest of those AAF team names, Ugh. commanders. Uh, uh, it would have been better if it was commandos, but we. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Let me get to my feature this week, part two of this week's cover two. And while Jake was doing that homework, I was combing through players in each. XFL Summer Showcase, and I identified my favorite player or the player I'm most interested in seeing play the XFL from each Summer Showcase. So if you guys would oblige, I'd like to give you one player from each showcase that just happened over the eight weeks in the eight cities uh, for the XFL Combines. Yeah, so this is one player from each uh, each location, you said. Yes, they took right. part in some sh- way, way, shape, or form in a summer showcase for the XFL in a, in one of the cities. So um, I'll start with Dallas. And my player from Dallas that I'm most interested in seeing play in the XFL is Landry Jones, the quarterback, because, I mean, if he is an XFL player, what XFL quarterback, Bryant, would have a better relationship with their head coach than Landry Jones should he join the XFL and play for the Dallas team and Bob Stoops? Well, no one. I mean, that's that's the obvious question, the answer. But how many years removed is this relationship already? It's got to be, what, six, seven? How many years is this now? Um, Ten years? Yeah, no, it's got to be like four or five, right? So he's he played in the NFL for a few years and – yeah, three and two as a starter, by the way, in the NFL, Landry Jones. Jake, don't know if you know that. He had a winning record in the NFL. Yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't seem like that thinking back. Brian, I want to ask you, what kind of name recognition does Landry Jones have? Because, you know, for me, obviously, I know him because he was a backup here and he did start a couple games. But, you know, for you, is, is this a name that, you know, that you recognized immediately or – 
or not? Oh, I did. I mean, I I, I noticed it. He played so, last so the in, hardcore uh, football fans are going to know him. Yeah, he played last in 2013, by the way, in, in the uh, – excuse me, 2012. Was drafted in 2013, so about six years or so removed from each other. Um, I guess maybe not nationally. I, I would think he's, he's a well-known quarterback enough where the market in Dallas would recognize him very much so. I think the XFL hyped him up enough as well to get his name out there so that if he does play for um, an XFL franchise that – uh, he is he's going to be well known, so it, it's a good pick. I mean, he he was one of the the star quarterbacks that everyone was talking about uh, during these uh, summer showcases. And I wouldn't have called him a bust in the NFL by any stretch. He went out there and showed he was just kind of a a blah kind of quarterback who wasn't going to lose you a game as much as he would win you a game. But he wasn't Ben Roethlisberger, obviously, Jake. So here he is with a shot at the XFL, and I think he could do a lot of good and maybe even work on his game a little bit to ascend back to the NFL. So I'd love to see Landry Jones playing for Bob Stoops in the XFL. I think that'd be tremendous. I think anybody who follows college football or was following college football back when Stoops was coaching Landry Jones would immediately recognize the name. He was one of the top quarterbacks in in the nation, so... Uh, that would fit like a glove. I'd love to see it. From the Houston showcase, I chose Daniel Lasco, who was a running back, played at Cal, was drafted in like the seventh round, I believe, by the Saints a few years ago. But crazy athlete, has issues with concussions, but in the NFL was a fringe contributor as a running back, mostly a special teams player. But at the combine, guys, this dude had the best ever broad jump ever at the time at the NFL Combine. He's a legit athlete, Daniel Lasco. And at running back, that's what you want in the XFL. Guys who have athleticism, who have pedigree, and the concussion issue is an issue with Daniel Lasco. He's had injuries, and especially when it comes to head injuries, you never know how how much further a player can go in their career. But I think if if he still has what he had, you know, when he was drafted just a few years ago, still a young guy. I think Daniel Lasco could be an elite running back in the XFL because he wasn't too far behind when he was playing for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, he was playing in a pretty loaded backfield as well whenever he was drafted there. Uh, from the New York. Well, Alan, can, oh, can I sorry? retort real quick? Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. For, for Lasco, I, I, if he can stay healthy, I could definitely see him as being one of the players that gets an NFL invite next year. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about, a guy, talking about a guy who's like Landry Jones, just a year out from being in the NFL. So, I mean, maybe some rest, relaxation, and a little bit more game tape, and Daniel Lasco will be right back there, uh, a lot like Landry Jones. Um, and maybe even like the next guy I chose, another running back from the New York Summer Showcase, Brandon Oliver, who I think might have finished his career as the top rusher ever at the University of Buffalo. Um that's, I'm just throwing that out there. I didn't double-check that one. But I do know he had over 4,000 yards when he was playing there. Had eight NFL starts, I believe, all with the Chargers. And the dude's only 28. And, you know, he's almost to the end of the line for an NFL running back. But being out of it and having that legit background, and you have to consider it if you're an XFL team. And I think that another value player when it comes to uh, exciting ability at the running back position, Jake, which, as we know, with a comeback period in the mix, running backs are going to be playing all throughout the game, even at the end when it's 
close and you need to get down the field, you could still run the ball in a comeback period. Running backs are important in the XFL. Well, yeah, third and six isn't going to necessarily, uh, you know, be a passing down anymore once you're going to be stopping that clock after each play. So, yeah, possibly more opportunity. I love Brandon Oliver. I love Daniel Lasco. Brian, sorry, sorry. Did you have something on Brian, Brandon Oliver? No, I was just fact checking yep. you. Uh, fact checking you. All time leading rusher, four thousand forty nine yards at the University of Buffalo. Any player who ran over four thousand yards in college, I want to see in the in the XFL. Um, let's go to DC's summer showcase. Had a lot of interesting players, but I will admit I was a little bit biased. But also a guy who was recently playing pretty darn well in the AAF, tight end Scott Orndoff, who is a pass-catching and run-blocking tight end, a guy who is multifaceted at that position, and a guy I think who can really put on a, a, a display when it comes to red zone offense. So I think Scott Orndoff, if we're looking at for picking one tight end from these combines... Uh, he was the guy I chose, but again, pit bias, Bryant, I will admit it. But he is a good player. Uh, recognizable down in Orlando, uh, he, you know, for the uh, the AAF team. So, uh, and I know you had to get your pit guy in there. This is a good choice, though. I'll, I'll let you slide with this one on the on the pit selection. Yeah, and also, uh, if you ask Steve Spurrier, Scott Orndoff, an AAF champion. Because, Jake, this week at <laughs> SEC Media Days, Steve Spurrier did say he is the uncrowned AAF champion. <laughs> well, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> All right, for my next guy, he comes from the Los Angeles Summer Showcase, and, well, I picked him mainly because this man needs an, a chance, just the chance to redeem himself from this just horrible, horrible play he had in an AFC championship game. Got great speed, but that's not going to get it done. Stepping up and throwing deep down the far sideline. Caught into the end zone. Touchdown, Jacoby Jones. How does that happen in the Denver secondary? That is stunning. That with a three-man rush and dropping eight guys into coverage, that the Denver Broncos could misplay this to this point. Only a three-man rush. Flacco steps up and unloads a deep ball. And again, I don't understand. Tony Carter has got the short coverage. How do you let the guys get deep? Raheem Moore, number 26, he's late coming. It's just amazing. Amazing, Raheem Moore. Raheem Moore had such a bad play in the AFC Championship, it resulted in Joe Flacco winning a damn Super Bowl, Jake. Raheem Moore needs the chance to redeem himself because before that play, I would argue one play ruined a guy's career because before that play, he was a defensive back who was getting four picks in a season, playing in one of the better secondaries in the NFL with the Broncos, and that one play ruined it all for Raheem Moore. Yeah, and this league, a lot of these guys, you know, they're going to be scoring probably. They're going to be looking for redemption or revenge, maybe to get the, you know, get a rub to get the call to go back up to New York. We'll have to see, though. Yeah, that was uh, one of the more unfortunate plays uh, in NFL history because, I mean, the guy just ran down the field and Joe Flacco threw it up and 
a total bonehead maneuver. Whatever happened there with the Broncos, maybe miscommunication. Raheem Moore, though, is more than that play, and I think he could prove it in the XFL. I want to see him in the league. From Seattle's summer showcase, Brian, I chose Matt Linehan, who was uh, a really good quarterback at Idaho, flash signs of NFL caliber quarterback play. Uh, his senior year, it kind of declined, and he ended up not being as highly touted coming into the draft. But you're talking about a guy who in college threw for over 3,000 yards, and I think it's important this league gets young quarterbacks. Uh, young and, and hopefully quarterbacks that will stick around for a while. You're going to be investing a lot of time, a lot of money into these some, into some of these players. Uh, maybe this is one of those uh, uh, long-termers, I guess you could say, that are going to be in there for the long haul with the XFL. Uh, but you're right, flashes of, of NFL um, experience, uh, why not? I, I, that's a great the, – the Seattle showcase was chock full of great talent too, yeah. by the way. So. Uh, quarterbacks in their out. yeah, and their quarterbacks in their mid twenties. You want to see that guys who have experience playing in the spread, and we saw a lot of those kind of players in the showcases. Um, a guy who might be a little bit older, I think, than some of the other guys. Ryan Mallett was who I chose from Tampa Bay, just because the arm strength, the the ability has always been there. But for whatever reason, Ryan Mallett did not pan out in the NFL. He's in you know the infamous story about him waking up late for practices and. I just can't get over the fact, though, that he had Arkansas competing among all those elite teams back in the day, Jake, in the SEC. Ryan Mallett is a legit quarterback if, I don't know, if it's head straight, but I, wa- I want to see this guy get a, sh- get a second chance in the XFL, which I think this league is going to be uh, about, for most players, a second chance. Yeah, a lot of them looking for a second chance. In this case, this may be looking for a third chance <laughs> or or a fourth chance here. So uh, we'll have to see what the startup league wants to do. But, you know, perhaps they would be able to uh, maybe not forgive, but at least forget things that happened in the past for the sake of the league. I don't know if you'd call Ryan Mallett a head case, but not off the f- – he didn't have, like, off-the-field legal issues. He had off-the-field – Waking up on time for them practice issues and just a, just a, a different kind of cat. Yeah, right. he is, he is, he is. But man, that arm is just—he could throw the ball through through over a, all, the length of a field. I mean, he's crazy, crazy arm strength. And uh, the final player I picked was another quarterback. And I'll admit, I was a big fan of his in college because because he had uh, he was you know a trash talker, had the swagger, backed it up, and won football games from the St. Louis. Uh, summer showcase I picked Connor Cook who was drafted by the Raiders guys and at the time he he was gonna everyone thought he would be drafted maybe a little higher than he was he goes in later rounds to Oakland who already had an established quarterback in Derek Carr an established backup quarterback in Matt McGloin kinda and there really wasn't a place for Connor Cook and he ends up falling out of the league and here he is looking for a shot at the XFL and I definitely think Plenty left in the tank. Like I said, young quarterbacks, Brian. Uh, young por- quarterbacks are going to be a, a, a target for the XFL, and this is just another one. That, yeah, uh, Connor Cook, um, again, the, what was there, 140 players at the St. Louis uh, Summer Showcase. Some great quarterbacks there. Uh, Connor Cook standing out as well. I, I don't see any of these players you picked. If the XFL is fortunate enough to be able to get all eight of them, uh, that's going to be huge for the league. And 
if I was to ask you, what do you think there'll be more of in the league? Really young, under 24-year-old quarterbacks who are just barely out of college into the XFL or guys like uh, Ryan Mallett and guys like uh, Connor Cook, Matt Linehan, who have been through NFL training camps already and a little bit more seasoned but never got you know NFL starts or the amount of NFL starts they hope for. Do you think we'll see almost rookies or guys like them more, more so in the XFL? I think you'll see that's a weighted question. I think uh, obviously you'll see more younger quarterbacks that just came out, you know, rookies and things like that. Of the starting uh, starter, eight starter eight, I would say you're probably going to get about four and four. I really think it's just going to be a, a mix. And like you have Landry Jones, who's not a younger quarterback anymore. Um, and then you'll have like a, remember Oliver Lux said a lot of these quarterbacks, a lot of these players at these showcases are going to be the tier one, you know, tier two players. So do you really expect those tier one, tier two quarterbacks to start? Oh, you mean tier three, tier four? Excuse me. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah. Two, three, and four. Reverse that. <laughs> tier, yeah, reverse it. <laughs> tier one's the top dogs. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. These quarter, but these quarterbacks, I, th- I don't know. I don't think there's a big drop off from a uh, Geno Smith or Paxton Lynch to Ryan Mallett, Connor Cook. Do you? Because Geno Smith, Paxton Lynch are in NFL training camps right now, yes, but are they that much better when it comes to where you're placing them in a tier situation to those two guys, Ryan Mount, Connor Cook? Yeah, but two but two have a job and two don't. That's the problem, right? <laughs> That's true. Right at this moment. I mean, it's just the, the, the reality of the situation. Do you have to pay, play – I'm sorry. Do you have to pay players like Mallet and Cook uh, tier one and tier two money, uh, or do you have to pay – uh, Geno Geno Smith, right? Gino yeah. Smith. Uh, tier one money to get him to to come to your league. That's the question. Or maybe just some guys have better agents than others. <laughs> yeah, <that too>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see though. Uh, I'm I'm. Oh man, the quarterbacks so fascinating, of course, and player signings hopefully coming soon from the bottom tiers at least based off of these summer showcases. We will, of course, as we always do, wait patiently and ride down the road to 2020 some bonus notes here in our cover two real quick bob stoops has an autobiography coming out in september jake called no excuses the making of a head coach so if you want to know how the story of one of the iconic modern day college coaches i would hope you'd pick that up on amazon.com yeah i wonder if there's going to be an epilogue in there which you know talks about his time you know or at least the phone call leading up to the xfl or yeah. if it's going to cut off uh before that yeah i mean i'll read that but i'm more interested in in like 20 years and bob stoops comes out with even more no excuses the making of an xfl head coach that's what i <laughs> yeah. want to read um also the xfl this week had some pretty major hires in the front offices uh uh in terms of the league, uh, Russ Giglio was the director of uh, pl- football operations and player personnel, I believe, for the AAF, um, or director of player personnel for the AAF. Is joining the XFL as director of player administration. Has worked with the NFL as well, so a guy with a ton of experience filling uh, a very important role that is going to be right under Doug Whaley the vice president of football operations for the XFL. So it's good to see those guys get some more help because I mean, they're doing the league building the football building when it comes to the league. And uh, you know, I've, I saw those guys at the summer showcases running around 
doing so much, Doug Whaley and his staff. So good to see them get a really experienced guy to help them out. Also, the team's got some important people. Uh, Lisa Milner Goldberg will be the head of communications for XFL LA. So I'm sure she will be partying with Bryant pretty soon since he's friends <laughs> with everybody at XFL LA. Uh, and, uh, XFL also got their senior director of partnerships, Jim uh, Barrel, and uh, again, uh, another soon-to-be close person, a longtime friend of Bryant. Uh, And XFL Tampa got their head of communications. That's Alan Barnett, someone who was formerly uh, working uh, as a senior communications manager with the Bucks. So you've got the connection there to Tampa, and it's cool to see them hire local people like this. And also XFL Houston got their head of communications, another person local who worked with X or the Houston Texans, and uh, that is Charles Hampton, the head of communications with XFL Houston. So important roles being filled out for the teams and the league, and the they are beefing up the staffs. Because why? Because, well, we're getting to those big moments. It's the calm before the storm, like we said. Big announcements, big identity building, uh, and establishing the teams in the market. So, so many important things to do, not to mention player signings. So, here we are in the middle of July, Brian, and the XFL, you could tell they're getting ready for something huge when it comes to uh, the road to 2020 and those benchmarks, those posts, post markers we're hitting on the road. Uh, boots on the ground is how I'll put it. They're putting as many boots on their side on the ground as much as possible to make sure that they're prepared. Uh, continue to hire, you know, many positions that we didn't even think of that they were going to be necessary. And now uh, it seems like the league is positioning itself to to be able to uh, prepare themselves for the uh, inundation of requests and 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 information and, and responsibilities that are going to hit uh, as 2020 gets closer and closer. It's it's good to see. The, these teams get you know filled in the front office. They're going to be filled on the roster soon, and pretty soon we'll be playing some. Uh, what are those three words again? Oliver Luck always says, "Jake, ah, it's escaping me right now." Good um, crisp football. That's it. Good crisp football. How the hell you doing, Brainiacs? Long Allen Ice T here, and this week on Brain Buster Radio, we have a new Universal Champion, and it just—it feels like the universe is finally, you know, in the right place. Triple J, I feel like there's balance now. Yeah, there is balance. I know you and I were both very happy that Seth Rollins is no longer champion, but I'm sure there's going to be some people on this show and a lot of people listening that are going to disagree with us about that. I can't believe people still don't want Brock Lesnar to be their champion, but we'll talk about. Reasons why this week on Brain Buster Radio. Plus, we're on the road to All Out, and Jim Ross sat down with Sean Spears talking about headshots. A man called Wired. Oh, Alan, I'm I'm still sorry. I'm still on edge because of Maui Wowie. What a debut, a re-debut of Bray Wyatt. So much to talk about. So much to get into. Headshots galore. Uh, it was a great week of professional wrestling, as always. And Brain Buster Radio is going to be here to to get you well-informed leading into the, the hottest show of the summer, SummerSlam. Whether you're into chair shots to the skull, uh, UFC fighters beating up pipsqueaks, or evil carny men who pretend to be Mr. Rogers, we've got it all covered on Brain Buster Radio. Tweet it, read it, tout it, shout it, be all about it, Brainiacs, at the Brain Busters, on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram Junior, and Facebook, and download the show on any podcast gimmick. Let us 
get into the main topic of this week, and that is the coming spring league and an interesting question we're going to ask amongst ourselves, gentlemen, uh, because with the spring league coming up, big, big tests for the league, and I think we need to help them out and let everybody know what we think is important to keep when it comes to the rule book for the XFL in this week's Hot Read. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Pepper, flip, caliber. Motown, happy, jolly, drunk, buster, Miller, tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. We need cheese! The Spring League, another experiment for the XFL, teaming up with, I guess we would say, the longest-running Spring Football League as of right now, uh, currently going. The Spring <laughs> League and the XFL have teamed up before, and we're going to get another round of testing for the XFL to work out some kinks when it comes to the rules, when it comes to players who are going to be out there, of course, showcasing their talents, and also... Uh, broadcasting because the networks are going to be involved with the next round of testing with the Spring League, which I believe takes place, Brian, if I'm not mistaken, on July 27th through the 30th. Correct. And this is a major dress rehearsal for the league and the networks. Rules and broadcasting innovations being tested. Players looking for contracts. A major pit stop, people. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it when it comes to the rules, because the rule book is. I mean, I could, I could smell, I could smell the pages being printed, Jake. And and, and before any rules are put to paper officially, of all the proposed rules we've talked about over the last few months for the for the XFL, the rules they might implement, the rules they said they're probably going to implement. If you are allowed to guarantee one of those rules makes it into the rule book, which XFL innovation do you back the most? Uh, all right, yeah, and I, I've got a short list here of of the things that we've heard about, we've discussed already, and I really think if this league is about less stall and more ball, you got to start with the play clock. So I'd say the twenty-five second play clock is what I'd. Top choice of, of all the rules we've heard about, the comeback period, a running clock until the two minutes, uh, end of the last two minutes of, a, of a, the half, the shootout overtime, one foot in bounds, the kickoff rule, the forward pass rule. You would choose the 25-second play clock over all of those for sure. Yeah, I mean, it would be close with the running clock prior to the two minutes, even though I think those are, those are kind of going to go hand in hand. Okay. I might be with you, but I'm going to hold off and let Brian go before me. I think the one that I, I enjoy the most, and I hope that it stands, uh, and I guess it goes with the 25-second tw- play clock, but I really hope that they get to uh, uh, communicate with all the players via headset. I'd love to see that just because they would avoid the huddle. People could go right to their positions. It's going to keep the pace of the game a lot faster than than we need, um, than, I'm sorry, than we're used to. I think that's the one I'm hoping that continues on because right now the NFL only allows the quarterback and one player on the defense to have a headset, and that's up until the 15-second mark, I want to say, maybe 20. 
you of know, the, uh, play clock. You know, Brian. I'm. I don't want to. I don't want this to be. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, a we, segment again? where we just agree. No, no, no. I don't want. I'm not gonna. This is gonna be the first week in a while. I don't disagree with you. I, I disagree with you. Uh, I'm gonna agree with you here, but I'm not. I'm also gonna say this isn't. This this is because it's that important. Because football is a technological game. Football needs to involve technology whenever it's available, and it makes the game better. And if you could get headsets into all the players on the field, and you could eliminate precious seconds of, of huddle time and you could get everybody on the same page in what many call the ultimate team sport if everybody in the ultimate team sport has the same voice in their head telling them what's going on in terms of the play and everybody's on the same page that leads to good crisp football that leads to quality football it's the quality and of the play i think i'm with you brian i'm with the headset communications in as many helmets as possible, I think that could change the game drastically because that ties in to the fast play clock that keeps the game moving, but also it really keeps everybody on the same page and it and it's and it's also gonna be interesting to see everybody kind of moving in it's gonna be like a swarm of bees out there if they're not even in a huddle. It's just gonna be they're going out there, they're knowing what's going on because they all have the same voice of God in their head. It could be drastically different from what we've traditionally seen on the football field with huddles and and the slow pace before a play. It's going to be it's going to make the game that much different. It is a reimagining of the game when you implement headset communications for everybody, not just the quarterback. It really is, and it's a, it's a slight change that the XFL made once again that that's going to keep the flow of this game going. Uh, you're right. It's gonna look like a swarm, like you know, a birds or flock of birds just floating through the sky, just all in synchrony. It's gonna be great. Um, I, I do worry a little bit if if one player just doesn't work. What's gonna happen at that point? Uh, if, if it hey, what do you say? You're right. <laughs> so, if, if one if one doesn't work, you almost gotta huddle up. Though. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have a backup plan. You gotta yeah. have a backup plan. That's all. It, it that's is. true. So everybody but, has a a uh, moving buddy. But not even not even does it uh, that it doesn't just eliminate huddles, Jake. It eliminates even hand signals from a quarterback and audibles. You could literally run a play, and everybody as the whistle blows hears the same play call and goes right to the line of scrimmage and. From that 25-second play clock between 25 and 22-21, the next play gets run because of the headset communication. I mean, it can be that fast if, if the technology's there and everybody's hearing the same thing in their head and they know what's going on, they know what they have to do. You can be a really cohesive unit that way. I want to see the shootout overtime. Don't get me wrong. I want to see tiered extra points. I want to see a new version of the kickoff with the five-yard buffer zone. But I think more importantly, I want to see players all on the same page moving along the field as quickly as possible. And I think the headset communication does that, Brian. You're right on. It, it really does. And as much as I do like the shootout overtime rule, uh, I, I don't know how many times we're really going to see it. So I'm not that excited for it. I mean, I am very excited for it, but it just it's hard to see. Uh, the kickoffs is going to be nice to see kickoffs coming, but, you know, staying in the game, obviously. The unlimited forward pass, again, it's something that I think is going to be really cool, but I don't know how many times we're really going to see it per game. Uh, and Jake, I know you love the three-point conversion attempts for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, could get rid of one, if you could get rid of one rule and guarantee one doesn't make it to the rule book, Jake, is that the one? 
I, I I think it is the one, actually. To me, this, I, I know you guys don't agree. I mm-hmm. know Oliver Luck doesn't agree, but I think a three-point conversion is a gimmick. And that's something that, you know, we don't need in this league. You know, I can guarantee. And I mean, may, maybe people aren't even going to go for it in, until it's like the last drive. You know, maybe it's going, maybe it's not going to be that, that frequent. No, oh, everybody's going to so, go for the so one from the two-yard line. But I guarantee you, Bryant, back in the whenever the forward pass came into into play, Jake would have been the one saying, "You're ruining the uh, game. I, You're ruining the game. <laughs> You're killing the business. <laughs> Kills the business. Uh, probably I, the one I would hope, and we didn't mention it here because I think it's kind of uh, petered out a little bit. But is the uh, the one foot buffer zone in the uh, between the defensive line? Oh yeah, and the get out of town line. with that. No the way. One yard. Yeah, I'm so glad that that one does not was not adopted. It looks like it's not so far. We'll find out. Uh, the Spring League is going to be the end of this month uh, in Southern California. I'm hoping to be there. Uh, also, execs from Fox and ESPN and ABC will all be there to, to help with the broadcast. I mean, this is this is a huge event. You're right, Alan. A major pit stop yeah. for the XFL. Uh, their last iteration of the, of the Spring League and this testing. Um, and hopefully a rule book will follow, players' signings and all that. Um, this might be the last hurdle to get over before that. And, and and when it comes to the networks, if I could pick one thing, live microphones on at least one player of each team per game. The CFL does this, Bryant, and I've gotten you into it lately, and I know you're enjoying it, but I don't think you've watched a live mic game. They Before live mic games, the CFL on their TSN broadcast even have a disclaimer that says, this is a live mic game. Things the players say may offend you. I would. I want to see that so bad. Yeah, in the XFL, it's the so AF, entertaining. The AF kind of did this, and I really didn't like it. Honestly, it's it's not necessary. Did they I have like a disclaimer? It more if you Mike, they didn't have the disclaimer, but they did have the language uh, and certain words that were used, probably not to the to the network's liking, but. Uh, I really hope they mic the players, and then they do like I said, like a, like a this week in this week in sounds of the XFL would be a lot better um, to to me, to be personally. I, I don't think we need it during the game. You know, want to exa- hear some cool you're, commentators you're right. and things like that. Uh, how about ESPN or Fox airs us a kind of inside the XFL type show where you give us, you know, the 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 inside access to what was being said during the games we watched the previous week inside the NFL, one of the iconic recap shows exactly. in all of sports. I don't know why more people don't emulate that. You're right, Brian. Um, the Spring League is going to be fascinating, a fascinating pit stop on the road to 2020 because it, it feels like the last dress rehearsal before the rule book, at least, and also uh, the last moment before the leagues, the, the networks have input into the league. Who knows? These networks are powerful. They could say they absolutely hate one of these rules, guys, and, and Ixnay, the multi-tiered extra points or the the running clock jake it, it, the networks might have some input here yeah who, who's running disney i may need to send them an email about that three-point conversion um yes you know, bob, bob Iger is still in charge of <laughs> yeah. he is yes, R- yes. roy disney is yes. he still with us <laughs> um well yeah you i don't know you read a letter to walt to see what see if you get a response there yeah um Alan, I think the only thing they could probably have a complaint about is a 25-second play clock because it might move a little too fast for their liking. But hopefully they're not like Jake. They're willing to to adapt to some of these changes without really putting up any fight until they actually see it. Yeah, it's going to be – and this is where they'll get to see it. It's going to be so exciting, though. 
25 second play clock, headset communications, zero huddles all game. It's going to be the reverse because then you get to the two minute drill and the comeback period, Jake. And then instead of you saying they're going to a no huddle offense, you're going to be saying they're going to a huddle offense. They're huddling all of a sudden. <laughs> Slowing down. Remember, it's, it's just the last two minutes of each half. It's not a comeback period. <laughs> You got a brand. It's branding, Jake. You got a brand. Period of comfort. What if? What if at the two-minute warning they shut off all the lights and then turn them back on? <laughs> it's the comeback period. I hope they like flash lights. You get like it's time. They should get with uh, the buffer guy from yeah. Showtime. Where Bruce, like, <laughs> Bruce Buffer have, have sh- knock the lights out. Have the 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 dramatic dun 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 music. And then bring the There's lights up. There's so much up. branding possibilities for the comeback period. It's the best thing ever. Theatrical. Theatrics. We'll see. I don't know. Oliver Lux says no gimmicks, guys. Come on. All right. That's it for this <laughs> week. Uh, no gimmicks at all. Just good old-fashioned XFL talk this week. And we got a lot done. And uh, I feel accomplished. But I, I, I am waiting for some big announcements Let's let's talk about what we hope for this week. What what announcement are you hoping for, Bryant? Most of all, team names, but not for the reason that everybody wants team names to be announced. I want them to be announced, so I don't have to hear about when they're going to be announced anymore. <laughs> People complaining. I feel you there. I want to see some players signed. I want to get excited about some players. I want to do some scouting, some tape watching. How about you, Jake? Uh, I want an announcement for when the announcement of team names will be. Yes, I'm. I'm excited for that. Make it an event. Let's hope. And maybe we'll get one of the Buffer Brothers. I doubt it. They're super expensive, those guys. Um, all right. I think we covered it all, guys, unless you guys got anything else. I think that's it for this week. Uh, yeah, I'll just say real quick, uh, YouTube, that's another area that we don't really talk about too much here, but go there. We, uh, we try to pull apart our shows a little bit to give you um, some more detailed postings there. So f- subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you'll get some great interviews there. Just the interviews. You don't have to go back to the entire show episode. And also, all of our shows are available in that archive as well. Well, I'll, I'll, for YouTube, I will I will say we are putting awesome audio content up there that you can access through YouTube because people just like going there more than they do, you know, a podcast or a website uh, feed. But I bought a green screen, Bryant. If I learn how to use that thing, you might see my ugly face up on the YouTube pretty soon, too, talking a whole lot more about players coming to the XFL. So two questions. Are we sure it's green? It's Alan, definitely. Did you buy it or did the miss? Okay. It's definitely then, green because I I typed in green screen on Amazon.com and then it, it, it shipped. It and then I up. asked my fiance, is this green? And she said, yes. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And is it emerald or forest? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I do Tune know, in next week. To, I listeners. do know that when I post videos up, most of the backgrounds will be Sasquatch standing behind me if I'm talking about Seattle. Just so you know. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. That's all we got this week for XFL Talk. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought about Jake's colors. Let us know what you thought about uh, my players I picked from each summer showcase. Let us know who you think uh, is going to be an elite XFL player from any of these showcases, if any. And uh, go to us on social media. That's where you could reach us all the time at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, the luxurious way to ride down the road to 2020 is the Patreon at patreon.com slash this is the XFL show for bonus content, early access, and so much more. For Bryant, for Jake, I'm Alan. 
This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.